Travis. Bagus. And your boy Tony at it again. Alright, well, welcome back, ladies and gents, uh, to the third episode of DGENs Win Championships. Tony, how was your, uh, how was your weekend in Disney World? It was pretty sweet, you know, got to see the old roommate. Uh, one thing I will say, um, there's a certain thing you're going to see at Disney, and that is the highest per capita of people on scooters. <laughs> it, like, it drove me crazy. Like, everybody's on a scooter there. I mean, the place, it's like a small country, dude. It's like half the size of Europe. For, for it's just narrowly. Yeah, and 30% Walmart of the population's on scooter. <laughs> um, you know, it's like. If I want to roll through the front of the line, I'm just like, hey, what's your disability? Uh, I'm fat. Like, I'm fat, so well, why can't I get involved in this? <laughs> give, me a, give me a piece of that. Now, I'm, I'm glad you had fun in Disney World while me and Bacchus uh, took a little weekend vacation to hell. And we're back <laughs> now. Uh, uh, it, it was, was a rough sweet, Saturday. you know. Getting to see the old roommate, hitting some good rides there. Uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan. They got the whole Star Wars world out there. I uh, I almost cried as I was riding Rise of Resistance. Fucking nerd. nerd! I am. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nerds. But uh, it was sweet, you know. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's roll into uh, week five of the NFL. Yeah, let's uh, get started with uh, one of the one of the best games of the week: Chargers Browns. A uh, lot of points scored. Ended up being a, a five-point game in the end. Uh, you know, uh, we saw what my original pick at the beginning of the season for MVP was Justin Herbert, and he looked like it there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers keep continuing to win. They keep continuing to beat uh, good teams. I mean, their one lo- loss on the season, as weird as it is to say, was against a, a good Dallas team. A game which they honestly should have won if it were not for an unfortunate, like, misalignment call. A couple yeah. miscalls, or a couple bad so, uh, penalties. There were just we're, a, a lot of penalties, but yeah. You know, I, I think it's definitely time to say that the Chargers are contenders in the AFC. Something, you know, a team we're going to see down the road in <clears throat> January. Yeah, I mean, I mean right now they're, they're definitely at the, the top of their division. Yeah, the team to beat out West. Which is wild, you know, moving into that next game, especially because you want to talk about teams beat out West. Uh, everybody had the Kansas City Chiefs. And here they are, sitting two and three, two games back in that division. So I don't think it's time to overreact on Kansas City. They've lost to three really good teams. Uh, I think they just got to find, you know, what they had going the previous couple seasons, and they'll, they'll figure it out. So I agree with that. Um, if I'm a if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I got my hand hovering over it, but uh, it is not time to hit the panic button. Uh, this is still a really good team, and there's still plenty of opportunity to make the playoffs. Being that the AFC South and the AFC East is so bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all those all those sentiments. Um, the the only thing I'll say is. So the the teams the they beat Cleveland week one, which is what it is. It's week one, um, and then besides that, the only other team they beat is Philadelphia. 
uh, but in the in the coming weeks, I'd like to see how they do against like middle of the road. Uh, one team trending a little bit more towards good in the Washington football team, and then one team who's middle of the road trending towards bad uh, in the Tennessee Titans. Um, so excited to see how they do in those games. If they win them handily, then you know maybe remove your hand from the from the panic button. If not, maybe there's something going on in Kansas City. Yeah. They take the L on either of those games, and you start slamming that button. Uh, but I will say for the Tennessee Titans, um, that's a game they need to win to get back into things because uh, they are not the team that people thought they were at the beginning of the season. No, definitely not. Yep. And uh, speaking of teams that are not teams they were at the beginning of the season, uh, Rams-Seahawks, not a particularly good game, but uh, an important one for the Seahawks in that they lost – Russell Wilson for an unknown amount of time at this point. Um, so things are not looking up for the Seahawks. Okay, so this is one that um, I did call. I thought the Rams would win. And then also, uh, I don't I don't think it's too surprising. Uh, I think the Seahawks are definitely on the decline. They're out of their way of being the uh, like a forced wrecking wish in the NFC. And then especially now that Russ is down, like this team's just going out. The Rams were coming into this probably the favorites to win the NFC. Um, so so I'm not too shocked to see the score here. It just it, it is disappointing to see a big star like Russ go down. Yeah, for sure. Uh, doesn't bode well for Bacchus's fantasy team, I can tell you that yeah, much. Absolutely not. Uh, I got two Seahawks <laughs> players both injured. Yeah, I got the entire Chargers offense, and I beat back his 500 points this week. So that that is thanks another for, uh, thanks for putting that out there. <laughs> that is another good point that uh, you made there, Beckus, and that Chris Carson is is down too. So yeah, yeah it's gonna, just it's not going to be, be fun. Back. Yeah, it's not going to be fun for the Seahawks going yeah. forward, um, especially with Geno Smith as their uh, as their QB for the next month or two. Uh, wildest game of the week. Absolutely nuttier than squirrel shit. Uh, Bengals Packers. I so mean, this was this was a game. It, it was just so ugly to watch because it was just missed kick after missed kick after missed kick, and then finally get one. Like, yeah. I, I feel like both teams had the opportunity to win this game so many times, and you just had missed kicks. I mean, you know, obviously. Unless you're, uh, you know, living out there in the the great land of Green Bay, everyone wanted to see the Bengals beat the Packers, just because who doesn't love Joey B leading that Bengals team? Yeah, I I will say I uh, nearly had a brain aneurysm, a heart attack, and a stroke all at once during this game, because <laughs> uh, as you might have heard in previous weeks of this podcast, was really high on Arkansas. Arkansas cost me approximately, I don't know, 200 and some odd U.S. dollars uh, in various bets for not covering that spread against Georgia. Uh, and I was down. I was down and out. I was not doing good. And I had a four-team parlay, uh, Packers, Cowboys, Cardinals, Bucks. Three of those locked up for sure. Thought the Packers were just going to win. I didn't think they were going to make me sweat it. So I'm sitting there watching field goal after field goal after field goal. Just nobody could do it. And then all of a sudden, Mason Crosby, the god that he is, uh, missed two game winners 
And he's like, you know what? Third game winner's the charm. I'll take this one. But uh, five missed field goals in the final three minutes in overtime. Just absolutely agony. No, that was definitely yeah. something. And then uh, before we uh, we move into next week, I just kind of want to, you know, we got a little Friday competition here around Dijon's win championships. We had our picks for last week. Um, right now I'm sitting at three and one. I don't know what you guys can say about that. but uh, uh, I believe I am one and three. Uh, yeah, I'm also one and three, and uh, I believe uh, that Russell Wilson got hurt. That's all I have to say. So otherwise, I'm pretty sure we'd all be two and two. But I don't know. Things turned out how they did, and your boy sitting on top. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Um, let's touch on real quick uh, the Giants. Uh, now all of a sudden super banged up after their game with the Cowboys. Um, Who's even on the Giants right now? So Wait, Sa- Galladay, Jones, and Saquon go down. Do yep. they even have a roster? Uh, dude, they have <laughs> NC State legend Mike Glennon. At Mike Glennon. <laughs> I don't know. Personally, yeah, I feel like it's time. It's a uh, it's Cam Newton time. If uh, Daniel Jones is out for more than two to three weeks, but. Uh, d- uh like, DJ Danny Dimes Danny Dimes is uh concussed, so he should be back inside of a month. And what are the Giants playing for anyway? Uh, you know. I mean, yeah, true. They're they're gonna be bottom <laughs> of that division. They're they're not a good football team. Yeah, the the Eagles are kind of stepping into a, a stride of sorts, I guess you could say. Um. But, yeah, no, they're just not looking great. Uh, yeah, but moving on past last week uh, into this week, I uh, got some potentially good matchup on uh, Thursday night. Bucks Eagles. Um, I think the Bucks definitely win this game. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm kind of interested to see the the Eagles now that Jalen Hurts kind of starting to come into his own. Interested to see the Eagles maybe put up a little bit more of a fight uh, than most people know. are going to give them credit for. I just like, don't think uh, they have the, the talent to keep up with the Bucks. The Bucks won the Super Bowl last year, and Tom Brady's playing better right now than he was last year. Tom Brady's playing better than he was when he was 25, so I think this is an easy win for the Bucks. Uh, okay. I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh... <laughs> Like DraftKings has them at six and a half point favorites, and I don't think there's a world where they don't cover that. Maybe there is. I don't know. Um, but I I really like that bet. Um, yeah, basically, I just want to see the Eagles play a good team and see if I need to be worried. That's it. Uh, <laughs> moving past that, we got Chargers Ravens. Uh, probably best game of the week. Uh, well, one of two that both have a pretty good argument to be the best game of the week. Um, how are you guys feeling about it? So, uh, like like you said, this is probably, you know, one of the best games of the week. This is one of the harder ones to take a team on. Um, but I think Justin Herbert barely outplays Lamar Jackson in this game, and the Chargers take another close dub. Yeah, I can, I can buy that. Uh I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling. Lamar Jackson has uh, shown the ability to uh, win football games late by himself. 
uh, this season. So uh, I think if it if it's close, uh, I think the Ravens might end up pulling it out. Yeah, I think I think if it's close at the end and uh, they put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, he he more than likely is going to find a way to do something. I don't know if it'll be for the win or if it'll you know maybe come down to some overtime or something. The biggest disadvantage the Chargers have is um, they do not have a reliable kicker, whereas the Ravens do. So if this does come down to the wire, the Chargers are probably going to have to roll the ball downfield and just go for the touchdown, whereas the Ravens have the 66-yard man himself, Justin Tucker. And the That was a sound clip from a Justin Tucker interview. <laughs> Address him with four Uncle letters. G O A T. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think that's going to be a close one uh, in that game. Over is 51.5. Really like the over there. Uh, the spread, I think, is 2.5, but it's it's too close to call either way. Uh, next one, also going to be a really good one. Uh, Cardinals-Browns. Browns coming off a, a tough loss of the Chargers. And the Cardinals coming in undefeated. 5-0 and on the season. So I think in this one, uh, the Cardinals might be coming in a little hot-headed, and the Browns are coming off of such a, like as tough a loss as you can imagine. And this is uh, both of these teams are incredibly talented, but at home, I think I'm going to take the Browns in a really close one to give Arizona their first loss of the season. I like that. Um, the yeah, lines kind of that one too. The lines kind of agree. Uh, the the Browns are three point favorites. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. I mean, no matter how it shakes out, it's going to be a really close, really good game to watch. Um, and the over is set at forty nine points, which is uh, ridiculously low for both of these teams. The Cardinals, if they blow them out, they might score forty nine on their own. So, you know, lock that one up. You know, I think the Cardinals are really just living off of a, a very not great defense combined with a completely overpowered offense. And I think Cleveland is going to take advantage of them. Um, we saw Minnesota almost do it, but I think Cleveland's going to end up doing it in this game. Definitely uh, one of the more exciting games of this week. Yeah, and then... uh. Moving on, one that should be just kind of the inverse. Probably going to be a pretty bad game. Uh, Seahawks-Steelers is the Sunday night game because the NFL uh, has nothing but infinite wisdom. Uh, well, I mean, you know, they're, they're two teams with really good fan bases and are kind of crashing and burning to start the season. But uh, I don't know. Without Russ, this is going to be an interesting game. Even though, like, like I do think that makes it more interesting – I, I do think Geno win or fucking Geno Smith is gonna pull out the victory here. Yeah, as as well as it sounds, like I kind of have faith in Geno, uh, especially against a good uh, Rams defense. He he played pretty well. I mean, you know, he had to force something, try and make it happen at the end of the game and throw a pick. But you know, that kind of is what it is. Um, and the Steelers are just not good. So <laughs> I think the the Seahawks potentially could find a way here and maybe get somewhere closer to keeping their head above water until they get rust back. I I disagree. 
I think I think Pittsburgh's got this pretty easily. I think their defense is going to play well, and then Geno Smith's going to be no match for them. Everything around uh, the Seahawks offense, I mean, besides like the running back situation, uh, with Russ, it's great. Uh, without Russ and with a maybe injured Chris Carson, I don't think they keep up with the Steelers' defense. It's a fair point. Uh, could see it going either way. Um, moving on to the Monday night game, which is, I think, going to be terrible. But uh, it's uh, Bills-Titans. I'm pretty sure the Bills are going to win by, I don't know, 80, 90, okay. 100. Um, what's, what's we, we, we've just looking? seen the Bills do this a lot so far. It's five and a half right now per ESPN on the spread. Yep. But um, this this Bills team, after that week one loss to the Steelers, they have shown that they're out here to win, and they are out here to win with no mercy. Um, I love they it. They will throw the ball on you up by 35 with three and a half minutes left in the fourth. Um, they're going to have to deal with Derrick Henry, obviously, which is a big threat. I think Julio Jones is going to be back this week. But I still don't see a situation in which the Bills don't win by at least 10. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, <clears throat> Bills are on the road, but I don't really think that matters too much. Tennessee is not a particularly hard place to play. Um, they don't have much of a home field advantage. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Bills by 90 is probably my take on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bills by a lot. Their defense yeah. by itself might cover the spread. Uh, all right. I mean, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Um, just I run mean, back uh, through. We'll, oh, uh, we'll hit a uh, Urban Meyer's hot seat. Oh yeah, no, I just meant for talking matchups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> run back through lightning round real quick for the for the official record. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Beckus, Bucks, Eagles. Give me the Bucks. Bucks. All right, Bucks. For me as well. Chargers Ravens. I don't doubt Justin Herbert and his ability to lead the Chargers this season, so give me the Chargers. Taking Ravens. I'm taking Chargers also. Uh Cards Browns. Uh like I said before, Browns are gonna hard are gonna hand the Cardinals their first loss of the season, so I'm taking the Browns. Same here. Uh, I'm going cards on this one. I respect your opinions, but go fuck yourself. Uh, Seahawks Steelers. Um, don't trust Big Ben. I'm still taking the injured Seahawks. Ooh. All right, Bacchus, what you got? Steelers. The Steelers. I, I hate uh, it. Eh, I'm going to side with Tony on this one. I don't know why. The Steelers are just us. I'm taking the Seahawks. <laughs> uh uh, Bills, Titans, uh, I don't really the think this Bills. matters. We don't need to elaborate. <laughs> we, we don't got to elaborate on yeah. that one. I'm, I'm going to say Bills, and they, they cover 10.5 at least. <laughs> I think they cover their 5.5. I think maybe it's around a 10-point game just because Derrick Henry is going to do Derrick Henry things. But Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say Bills minus 10. But uh, moving on to... What uh, what Tony foreshadowed there a little bit? Urban Meyer's hot seat, and boy are the seats uh, getting hot. <laughs> we had our first victim this week, John Gruden. Yeah. Going John down. Gruden out of left center field just dropped dead. Uh, 
I mean, I don't know. We saw the build-up to it. We saw that the emails had been released. Um, originally, it was, like, questionable. Is this too bad? And then it just came out. It was more and more. Yeah. You know, racism. It was homophobia. It was sexism. Uh, you're you're not going to survive this day and age when you're doing that shit. No, I, I, absolutely. But, I mean, it was just... It, it was fast. It was, like, Monday or maybe, maybe Sunday. Some of the stuff came out about... Uh, the head of the NFLPA, I can't, his name's slipping my mind right now, but, uh, yeah, so the stuff came out about him, and then yesterday it was, oh, uh, he said, he said stuff that was homophobic, he said stuff that was sexist too, uh, and then so he was know, like, uh, I'm out. <laughs> to get into a little bit of the conspiracy world, um, this is all coming on the heels of, uh, the FBI raiding the Washington football team's mm. facility. And um, I think John Gruden might be the first in a couple dominoes that go down from this. Uh, one, I think Dan Snyder is just an awful human being. Yes, and, uh, agreed. He's going to be out. He's going to be out next. He's going to be having to get rid of this Washington football team. I mean, it took every force on the planet to force him to change the name the Redskins. So. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to be implemented in a lot of this. And like I said, this is all, you know, a little bit of conspiracy, but I feel like it has some truth to it. Yeah, I got to agree with you, Tony, on this. Like, uh, I was reading articles about all these John Gruden emails. Uh, and at the very bottom, it's like all these emails are being sent to the former owner of the Washington team. So I want to see what's going to come out when people start investigating you know, his response to that and who else was involved with these emails. Yeah. And I mean, for years there's been, uh, tons and tons and tons of complaints against Dan Schneider and the whole Washington football team organization. Yep. Um, just about, you know, misogynistic, sexist type stuff. Um, it's just, it's not by all accounts, it's a, it's a terrible place to work. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming for Dan Schneider, and uh, you know, honestly, he's just kind of he's he's getting what he deserves. So, oh yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent. But um, outside of that, uh, I feel like a lot of coaches that were maybe on the hotter seats, kind of cooling it's down. Cooling a bit. down, yeah. They put some ice packs on those bad boys. Matt Nagy, he's uh, looking a little bit safer. He um, uh, he made some big changes in not calling the offensive plays, which we kind of touched yep. on last week. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer uh, has been, I think, saved because he is no longer in the news cycle due to John Gruden. I don't um, um I, I, I don't see a situation in which Urban Meyer is the coach of the Jags next season. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I don't think he's going to, you know, I think he's going to finish out the season potentially think... unless he does something else. Or yeah. the Jags go, I don't know. Uh, they don't get a win between in the next five weeks. Then we might see um, it. No, someone, <clears throat> someone who we haven't touched on so far in this uh, this series. Um, we got Mike Zimmer, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, this yeah. was supposed to be a team that was like, you know, a contender. Like, if, if Rodgers wasn't coming back, this was supposed to be like the team to beat in the North. And they're they're out here barely beating the Lions on last second field goals. They missed a few last second field goals to uh, win games. Yeah, they they are um, 
kind of a disappointing team this year, and uh, th- I think that's a fair point that Mike Zimmer might be might be done because while he's had success, he's never he's never gotten there. He's never he's never yeah. gotten to the to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they've made the playoffs a few times, but I think honestly the biggest thing is uh, Zimmer's always kind of been a defensive coach, and the defense is not what it used to be. And you know, when that's the staple of your coach. Uh, and your defense starts slipping off, I think that's kind of a warning sign that his time might be up. Yeah, he has a really talented team uh, under him, and they're just not performing. Shame to yeah. see. Uh, kind of a hot, not-so-hot take. Um, I think, honestly, one of the, of the of the losing record teams right now, one of the safest coaches is um, Dan Campbell the head coach of the Lions. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. the dude is doing everything he possibly can. I mean, down to that two-play – or that two-point conversion play call at the end of the Vikings game to take the lead. I mean, you know, there's only so much he can do. You, you uh, got to realize, like, the Lions were already a bad team and then post-Matthew Stafford trade, they're, they're even worse. Yeah. So I don't think as bad as the Lions could be this year – I don't think they're going to give up on him in one season just no. because they know what he's dealing with and it, it is not a good situation. And even given the situation, even though the Lions are 0-5, I, I think they've played a lot of really good close games that have ended disappointingly. Yeah, I mean, they've they've done nothing but, but fight. And through five weeks to keep a team who hasn't won a game and has had a heartbreaking loss basically every week, um, to keep them fighting and to keep them playing games close, I mean that that's a testament to how how, uh, how solid of a head coach he is. Um, so yeah, despite despite them, uh, you know honestly they're going to have a terrible record at the end of the year, but I don't think that matters at all. I think his his job's safe and he's potentially the, could turn the Lions into a very very good football team uh, in a few years uh, time. I I don't know about all that. I yeah. mean, you know <laughs> you know what they say Lions gonna lion. I agree, but I mean, <laughs> that's what people said about the Browns, and now we're and, talking, uh, we're talking about the Cardinals and the Browns saying how talented the Browns are. That's true. That's true. Got us there. Uh, yeah, but I think that's a, uh, that's gonna wrap up our NFL talk for the week. And uh, I agree. I think we hit it all with Tony's performance of "You Get the Best of Both Worlds" by Hannah Montana. We'll take it to halftime. You get the best of both worlds. I'll do it. See, you guys are... All right, so uh, on to college football, uh, and I would preferably like to go in the order of uh, painful, not painful, painful, and then not painful. So we'll start uh, with the painful, and uh, Texas OU. Uh, Texas, oh, oh, you know, Texas won the football game and then proceeded to lose it in the second half. Blew a um, 28-7 lead. Yeah, I called it when Texas was up 14-0 in the first minute of that game uh, to, to Bacchus and one of my buddies who's an OU fan. Uh I said it's crazy how none of that matters at all, <laughs> uh, and sure yeah. shit, it did not. So, Dude, I think so I this said that. was 
in last week's episode too. Uh, how this game is just fucking crazy for for no reason. It just always is. So, and that's kind of like why I last week took Texas as my like upset of the week, just because this game is so unpredictable. But I mean, you know, we saw it again. We've seen Texas do this a couple times in the last couple of years. Um, they blew it. They won this game and they they lost it on their own. Yeah, I mean, it was tough to watch. Uh, Caleb Williams kind of makes OU look like a different team. Uh, Spencer Rattler probably should have been benched a couple weeks ago, um, but the That's OU fans Heisman got what they wanted. Runner Spencer Rattler to you? <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite. Um, yeah, but they, the OU fans got what they wanted, and. Oh, you looked way better after Caleb Williams stepped in. Entertaining game to say the least, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I I just had my uh, my investment of it uh, in that I took Texas as my underdog, so I wanted to see them win. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I am now zero and two in my underdog selections. So yeah, I um I wanted to see them win because I am emotionally and. And spiritually invested in the <laughs> Texas Longhorns, and, and, and but so you know, basically same thing as you, Tony. Uh, <laughs> all right, but uh, moving past that because it, it hurts too much to talk about. Oh, well, fun fact before I move on, uh, was the highest scoring game in the history of Texas OU, so that's cool. Um, it, it was not in overtime, the second, the previously was last year, and that was four overtimes. So, we we gonna address the uh, the pachyderm in the room next? No, no, we're going, we're going. To less pain. Uh, we're okay. talking Ole Miss, Arkansas. Uh, my upset of okay. the week last week. Ole Miss pulled it out. Uh, Sam Pittman said, fuck your couch, and went for two at the end, and Arkansas ended up losing. Um, would have liked still... to see overtime in that game. I feel like that game was worth overtime. It was a good one. No, I was I think... a game I wasn't really expecting off of uh, the weeks those two came off of. But um, I like it. It, another just very entertaining game for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, it sucks that we got, I think, the two most entertaining games of the season so far uh, at the exact same time on the same week. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, flipping back and forth uh, between both of them, me and Travis. Yeah, I, Beckers was trying to show me that old Miss Arkansas shit, and I was just, I did not care literally at all. He's like, dude, look. I'm like, no, dude, no. <laughs> This is a one-score game in, in Dallas right now. I need to watch this. Yeah, dude, meanwhile, I was running around Disneyland just checking scores left yeah. and right. Shoving lightsabers up your butt or whatever. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's what I do. I do have one more point uh, of this Ole Miss-Arkansas game. Uh, the Ole Miss quarterback, Matt Corral, I think is for the best quarterback in the SEC, if not the country. Uh, and... I thought like at the at like at the beginning of the season, Ole Miss was the offense to look out for. But Matt Corral, uh, even though he won them the game, wasn't the big uh, thing about this. Like, yeah, he had two hundred eighty-seven yards. Uh, Ole Miss ran for three hundred twenty-four yards in this game. And that's pretty insane. I guess I'm also looking. Arkansas also ran for three hundred fifty yards this game. Yeah. No defense both, to speak of. It, it was a high-powered game for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but back to the pain. Uh, the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Dude, I could Nick talk Saban and the Faithful. Hour. 
you know, lost. Uh, they Bacchus lost. Did try to warn us that uh, maybe this Alabama team wasn't the Alabama we've seen yeah. the past couple of years. I um, agree. And especially, uh, I've been clowning on Texas A&M since the beginning of the season. <laughs> and I also told you that this Texas A&M team was better than they have shown. But, um, nonetheless, a very surprising victory over Alabama. Yeah, surprising uh, doesn't do it justice. Uh, I, I dropped this, this anecdote to you guys earlier. But uh, the last time the University of Alabama lost to an unranked team... Uh, Children born in that year are now freshmen in high school. That is also, how long it's been. <laughs> uh, Nick Saban against former assistants. 24 and Formerly one. 24 and 0. Now mm. 24 and 1. Correct. Tough one. Tough sledding. Uh, Bacchus, you want to give us a little cut of what you think happened? What, what holes you saw in Alabama? Uh, uh, so... The offensive line, uh, obviously, uh, freaking how many sacks they get on Bryce Young? I gotta look that up real quick. Okay, yeah, four. Uh, one of them, they sent three. They sent three and got a sack. So you know that's that's great to see. Uh, I thought the offensive line was gonna be a problem coming into the this season, uh, and they looked pretty okay they were getting better until this game where they just completely fell off uh Aiden wasn't doing anything crazy on either side of the ball they were just playing football uh so on when they were on defense Bryce Young had no time he didn't play bad uh everyone else played bad around him except for Jameson Williams and uh Brian Robinson uh and then on defense I didn't think uh the secondary was gonna be a problem considering Nick Saban is a DB coach, uh, primarily, but they were just busting coverages left and right. Uh, part of that was due to uh, Malachi Moore getting ejected a minute and a half into the game for one of the dumbest uh, things I've ever seen anyone do in football. Just headbutting a quarterback. In the middle of the uh, one of my one of my favorite moments, and this is speaking for um. 95% of the country who just loves to see Alabama lose. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Alabama radio broadcasters as that field goal went through. But uh, they, they were broadcasting. The field goal went complete silence. And all they had to say was, Texas A&M is going to have to pay a $250,000 fine for students rushing the field. <sighs> <laughs> That's how that's how butt hurt they were at the end of that game. That's tough. <laughs> Had uh, didn't didn't even mention that this field goal's good. I have never I've never been more mad at an Alabama loss. Uh I you guys have seen me during Alabama losses and I may have seen uh more upset then. You guys didn't see me during this one, but uh I was just defeat it. I I could talk about this. Oh, for I an had hour you in mind that whole game, uh, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm not, my heart's not built for it anymore, man. Anyway, yeah, I know Backus <laughs> can talk about this forever, so yeah. we should probably yeah. move on. Yeah, we're, we'll move on um, to probably uh, a, what was honestly, supposed to be a game, game of the week. 
I don't know, a game that I couldn't care less about, really, if I'm being honest. Uh, Iowa Penn State. <laughs> Iowa won. Um, and their coach did, I guess, in hindsight, maybe just the biggest dick thing I've ever seen. Uh, it, it took a knee with two minutes and 35 seconds left on second down and then did it again on third down and then gave the ball back to Penn State. Um, I, mean, I don't know, dude. Down three points. Iowa. Big corn, big nuts. <laughs> big corn, big nuts. Uh, yeah, it's huge nuts. Uh, but Iowa's defense just rejected all advances from Penn State. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they got a pick to ice the game, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that was it. It was it was all ogre from that point. So, um, yeah, so now we got uh, Iowa at the, the top of the Big Ten, even though I still do feel like Ohio State's the best team in that conference. Yeah, they're they're yeah. They're, trending, they're trending upward. They're they're definitely a threat to some things Iowa would like to do. Um, I mean, I don't know. You look at just they have that one loss to Oregon that was almost a win. Like they almost pulled yeah. that game out. Yeah, they. I mean, they had a chance to tie it at the end, and they and they couldn't. But. And you know, you it, you put that game aside, they're number two in the country right now. Yeah, more yeah. than likely. Um. But yeah, that that kind of leads into just a, a complete shakeup. Bama obviously no longer number one. Uh, you got Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and fucking Oklahoma sitting at the top of the AP top twenty-five. Uh, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, all teams that are within sniffing distance of that top four, um, depending on how things well, go the rest of the year. You know, you got three and six through eight are all Big Ten teams. And you know, obviously, they got to beat up on their shelves at some point, which is two. why you know. I think Bama, they all they um, all still have to play each other too. Which is why Bama does still technically control their own destiny. It's going to involve beating Georgia. Yeah, yeah. But so it, it, it always did. Yeah. So Iowa, um, Iowa's got a clean slate. They don't have to play anybody else that's ranked for the rest of the year. Um, but those six, seven, and eight being Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Um, they all kind of have to get through each other, and Michigan State has to play all three of those teams before the end of the year. So we're either going to see a Michigan State team in the playoff or we're going to see a Michigan State team unranked by the end of the year probably. Of um, all those teams, I have the least amount of faith in Michigan State. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying it, it at this point it basically goes one of two ways for them. Um, but if I, Ohio I, State wins out, uh, they, get, they play Iowa – you know, yeah, assuming no, I, I, I think we're at this point essentially staring down the barrel of an Ohio State Iowa Big Ten championship. Yeah, well, which I mean, is it's, probably going to be a playoff play-in. Yeah, more more or less. Um, I don't know what's going on with Oklahoma, but I mean, if they completely change with Caleb Williams, cool. Um, you know, then then they that's, should. Uh, that's the reports out of campus. Uh, uh, they they keep winning, they're gonna be in. Like that's just facts. Yeah, it, I'm just saying. Like, uh, you know, the OU team that has played thus far doesn't really deserve to be in the college football playoff just because they're not playing that well. Um, but if if Caleb Williams is the, is the spark, then you know, I'll put them in. I, yeah, I mean, they they don't really have a threat outside of maybe OSU or Baylor. But yeah, they they got to get through Bedlam. So that's that's kind of a thing. 
I still think anyone in the Big 12 can beat anyone as it stands right now. Until I see more from, uh, you know, maybe Caleb Williams. With Spencer Rattler, definitely. I think anyone has a chance of beating him. Or not beating yep. him. Um, but, yeah, so looking ahead to this coming week, um, talking Big 12, uh, you got OSU-Texas, matchup of ranked teams. Um, just kind of a question of whether or not Texas or if, you know, I guess Sark can kind of right the ship and get the guys' heads back in the game. Because in, in years past, it's been they lose the OU and then they come out just feeling sorry for themselves the next week, more or less. Um, so kind of an interesting game to see how that goes. Uh, pretty good test for OSU uh, to this no, no, point. No, I, I think this will be a good one. Um, I yep. think uh, the difference in the rankings – has them a bit more separated than they actually are as football teams. Um, I can really see this one going either way, but I, if I were to put money on it, I'd probably throw Texas again, even though they kind of burned me last week. I am looking yeah. at the ESPN matchup predictor, and it is an 80% on Texas winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the best team OSU has beat is Iowa State. Yeah. yeah, Iowa State and Iowa State is, is not, not doing good. great. <laughs> yeah, they are they are not good. Um, looking SEC, uh, Kentucky Georgia should be a, a a pretty good one maybe. Or I disagree. Okay, give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Based on like you know their seasons up to this point should be a pretty good one. However, I think Kentucky's going to get absolutely exposed. I think we see uh, Georgia Arkansas all over again. Were you guys hyped up Arkansas a little bit, and they got uh, uh, butt fucked? Well, and uh, hey, I think I, we're about well, to see some uh, hey. fucking Kentucky butt fucked chicken this week. <laughs> Slow down here. I yeah. am not on the Kentucky train. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no I Georgia's I'm not. I'm not trying to hype to up Kentucky. Embarrass Kentucky. I I agree. Uh, this, this line is 23 points, and that says everything you need to know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go well for the Wildcats. Uh, I, I would love to say Cats by 90, but, uh, you know, that it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, other than that, there's not there's not too much cooking in uh, in college football this week. Uh, some, I mean, L- some pretty... LSU might, you know, fuck around and beat Florida. <laughs> yeah, nope. I, I agree. They but, might uh, they, they might not. In fact, yeah. they that, will not. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> they, they, they won't. That's the not building. something that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got their shit rocked by Kentucky. Um, and they lost to the Sissy Blues, dude. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. Those Sissy Blues know how to upset a team every once in a while before losing to one of the worst teams in the country. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, didn't they just lose to Arizona? No, they play Arizona this week. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, basically it. Like, there's... At least, or no, no, they they beat Arizona this week. But Arizona's the worst team in the Pac-12. I guess one other game that maybe... It's just interesting from a what's going to happen kind of standpoint. I don't think it's going to be a good game necessarily, but uh, TCU-OU kind of 
keeping an eye on that one just to see what no, it looks like. No, you wins that by a bit. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, kind of intrigued. TCU has a pretty good, de- a decent defense. Um, by Big Twelve standards, a pretty good one. Um, and so I'm just kind of intrigued to see what it looks like when a team prepares for Caleb Williams. Um, Vice bringing him in halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of it with that one though. Um, but uh, moving on to some uh, some upset alerts. What you got for us, Tony? Uh, so this week, um, I'm gonna take uh, you know your classic Pac-12 wild card matchup, and I'm gonna do Utah over Arizona State. Uh, Utah just is it's pretty tough every year. Arizona State, they get ranked and unranked all the time. Uh, I think they're a little higher than they should be right now with their their five and one record, which speaks a little bit higher of them than they should be. And uh, I think I think Utah's up beating them. All right, Bacchus, you got anything? Got anything cooking? I have Auburn over Arkansas. As much as I hate to say it, uh, it is the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one. And we have not seen Auburn Jesus show up yet, which is scary for everyone else left on their schedule. Uh, he normally shows up during the Georgia game. Very tame game. Uh, also, Bo Nix seems to be playing a lot better since he uh, got, you know, benched against Georgia State. <laughs> okay, uh, that's that's fair. Um, mine, uh, I, I like Baylor. I like Baylor to upset BYU. Um, I don't think BYU is all that good. They, they lost to nope. Boise State. Um, Baylor's looking like a pretty tough team this year. So, um, I like Baylor. Could be, a, could be a close one, but I'm not really sold on BYU. Um, and then one I kind of want to run by you guys as a as a group. Uh, number 22, NC State, the Wolfpack. Uh, I was looking at this one just now, yeah. Boston College. Mm. Uh, Boston College is... He's, he's really got a really good shot to get this one done. Um, they're at home. Uh, they're they're home dog. Three points. Uh, so uh, I think NC State is a little bit uh, more further down in the rankings than they should be. I think they should be around that like 15 spot, and I'm going to put them over Boston College. I very much disagree. <laughs> Um, I think NC State got lucky by beating a still-ranked Clemson team that was uh, bad. Uh, And Boston College just finds a way to play spoiler in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, the the really tough thing for the ACC is that, like, Wake, NC State, and Boston College are all in the... uh, ACC Atlantic Division, so one of them is going to the championship, and two of them aren't. Even though I think probably the best game you could get out of the ACC this year, as weird as it is to say, is Wake versus NC State. Um, mm-hmm. But they're probably, you know, I think it will be Wake Forest more than likely playing in that championship game, and you know they're they're either going to play Pitt or Virginia Tech or Virginia. Those are those are the top three teams in the other division. So, you know. The, this game honestly has like a has kind of a lot of implications for the the ACC championship because as long as NC State is hanging out, you know, right behind Wake Forest, um, 
they play them in a couple weeks, uh, like three or four weeks, I think. So they, they've they've got a chance to maybe win an ACC championship if they can beat Wake and, and come out of mm-hmm. Boston with a win this week. But I do like Boston College for the upset, so we'll see what happens. That, that should be a good one. Yeah, and I think I think that's pretty much all we got for you guys this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and as always, uh, you know, live, laugh, love. Hashtag live, laugh, love.